I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Helen. And this is a Squiggly Careers podcast, where every week we talk about a different topic to do with work, which we hope will help you to have a bit more confidence, clarity, and control in your squiggly career. And there are now more than 270 episodes of the podcast. Who 276, knew? Sarah. Ooh. Oh, to, to, to be <laughs> to exact. To be precise. <laughs> um, for, that sounds overwhelming, I think, rather than a good thing. I feel like we're trying to say that as a good thing, all those amazing episodes, but it just sounds like a lot. There are that um, many issues with careers <laughs> that you need that many episodes of a podcast to help you. <laughs> but if you are trying to look for some free resources, if you go onto amazingif.com and you look for our toolkit, we do have our top 10 episodes and we have pod sheets for each of those episodes which summarizes things like the ideas for action and the coach yourself questions we also have a podcast page on our website where again you can search by some keywords and we've tried to put some podcasts together just to help you get started or if you've got a particular need or a question in mind and you want to see if you can find a podcast to help you with it and if you can't find the links to that stuff, we'll put it all in the show notes for you as well. And you can always email us or just Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. And also, Sarah, welcome back because you weren't here last week. Where were you? You weren't with me talking about Squiggly Careers. You were? No, I was on holiday with uh, my partner and my five-year-old on the beach finding crabs. That was that was, that was was the main activity for the holiday. What Easter fun? Well, actually, it's quite sunny. So yeah, it was. It was crabs, nice. crabs and sunshine. Family It's not bad. Uh, but yes, I was here with Pritesh. And we, if you haven't listened to that episode, we were talking about the role of community in careers. And at the end of that podcast, Pritesh shared his poem all about squiggly careers, which he had shared with us previously. And we were like, what can we do? How do we get this out into the world? So we put it on the podcast. So if you've not listened to that, actually, you can follow us on LinkedIn because we shared it on LinkedIn, the video, or you can listen to the podcast from last week. So today we're talking about assertive. And the reason we wanted to talk about assertiveness was we were actually quite surprised we haven't covered it before as a topic in careers because it definitely comes up in, you know, the feedback that people get about, oh, it would be helpful if you were more assertive. But actually, it feels that as a skill in careers is becoming more important than ever. So let's talk about why that is. The first thing is the context for careers, which is that they are squiggly, so they are full of change. But also there is lots of opportunity to personalise your progression. One of the biggest benefits of squiggly careers is that, you know, success and squiggliness is as individual as we are. But having the confidence to have the conversations that you need to have about you and your development so that you can benefit from that individuality means that you do need to be assertive about what's important to you and why so that you can get the things that you need. Also, we're thinking a bit about the way that people are working now. So work is 
for a lot of people becoming increasingly hybrid so you've got a bit more choice about how your working week might work for you how many days you're in the office where you're working perhaps but if you want to use this opportunity to design the work that works for you again you need to be quite assertive about this in the conversations that you're having or you could just default into what someone else thinks you should do or into what might be working well for them but I do think this is a really interesting moment in time for you to think about well how do I craft my role or my career around what works best for me. So what we're going to talk about is what assertiveness is and what it isn't. Um, We're going to share a few examples of where being assertive has helped us and hindered us when we've not got it right in our careers, just to share a few stories. Though we'll do that quite briefly because we really want to focus on the ideas for action in terms of increasing your assertiveness. One of the things that we both noticed, um, we've done quite a lot of reading around assertiveness, read quite a lot of articles, as we always try to do to prepare for these podcasts, is there's lots of descriptions about assertiveness of sort of what it is and what it looks like, but not that many practical ideas for action on how to get better at that skill. And I think it is a skill, so it is something that we can practice and improve. But most of the focus is more just talking about assertiveness. And I was almost getting a bit frustrated as I was doing some of the research and going, okay, well, I, you know, there's lots of uh, common themes around assertiveness. But if you've had that feedback, I think you can end up feeling quite frustrated because it can feel like, I think, one of those areas, a bit like gravitas is a similar one, gravitas or assertiveness, where you want some help with, well, what could I do? What action could I take? that would help to increase my assertiveness. So we've got three ideas for action that we'll share, but we're just going to start quickly by talking a bit about what it is and what it isn't, and just some examples to bring it to life. So the definition that we found that we sort of connected with the most and felt quite simple and straightforward is that assertiveness is the ability to stand up for what you believe while being calm and positive and also respecting the rights of others. And I think that and is is really important. So it is about, you know, being clear about what you believe in, what you want to stand for, and doing that in a way where you have confidence and clarity. But that doesn't mean that you don't listen to other people, and that you're not prepared to change your mind or to change your opinion if you think, oh, that's really valid. And that doesn't stop you being assertiveness. You don't lose your assertiveness when you listen to other people or when you're open to other people's perspectives. And this idea of balance, balancing what you might want, but also being open to hearing what the impact of that might be on other people. This idea of balance actually is part of a model that we really like by Thomas Anthony Harris. We'll put this on the pod sheet as well. It's called the I'm okay, you're okay model, which is a kind of interesting one. But it, it takes this idea of balance and it says, so assertiveness is about I'm okay and you're okay. So we are not trying to compete. I'm not trying to be better than you. I'm listening to what's important to you. I'm holding on to what's important to me. So I'm okay, you're okay. That idea of balance is assertive. Whereas when I'm okay, so I'm getting what I want, but ultimately you're not okay because I'm not listening to you. I'm not trying to adapt or understand where you're coming from. The risk there is it's imbalanced and it's also becoming quite aggressive. So if I just say to Sarah, well, the thing that I want, Sarah, is to work from home Monday to Friday and that's what I want to do 
And Sarah's trying to go, well, actually, it'd be great if we could spend, you know, one day a week together because that's where ideas happen. And I'm basically just not listening. In no way am I letting Sarah's perspective into the conversation. Then that isn't balanced and it is much more of an aggressive way of working. I'm likely to make Sarah quite defensive or demotivated or just not particularly want to work with me. So that's kind of an imbalanced response. The other one is where Sarah's okay. So Sarah's getting everything that Sarah wants, but I'm not okay. So maybe I'm compromising the things that are important to me because I'm just doing what Sarah thinks that we should do. And the risk there is you get quite passive. So I'm just going, okay, well, I'll I'll just do it your way, okay? Or I just I want to make Sarah happy. I, I care about Sarah and I'm sort of putting her priorities before my own. So that, again, is imbalanced and I'm becoming quite passive. The other one is when you're both not okay. So Sarah's not okay. I'm not working in a way that works for Sarah and I'm not okay. I'm not working in a way that works for me. And the risk here, the imbalance here, is it becomes passive aggressive so in the moment I go well we'll just find a way through it won't we we'll just find a way through it and out of the moment I'm going oh Sarah makes this so difficult all the time because we haven't really got to an outcome I'm not particularly happy I'm potentially having side conversations with other people about things that I should have talked about in the moment with Sarah and so this idea of balance is really important and what we're trying to get to is a place where you're okay you know what's important to you and you're able to have that conversation but you're also able to hear and recognize and respond to what's important to other people too. And I think it's helpful to make that model useful for you is to think about, first of all, where do you already do a good job of being assertive? Because there will be certain situations, examples, some of the work that you do where you feel like you do a good job of being assertive and you don't sort of stay in one box all of the time, if if that makes sense. So you will spend time in different places, probably depending on the situation or what's happening so first of all notice where you already do this well and what helps you to do that and then think about well what's your even better if so either what's the situation where you'd like to increase your assertiveness or generally where do you feel like your assertiveness moves to either being passive or aggressive or passive aggressive are there some examples where you think oh it's often when dot, 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 that I feel like I lose my assertiveness and that gets replaced with a more unhelpful behaviour that probably isn't supporting me to do a good job. So I was thinking like for me, for example, I think my even better if would be when I find people intimidating, just generally when I find people intimidating for whatever reason, maybe because they're good at something that I'm not or maybe they just have a very different style to me, I lose my assertiveness and become more passive. So that's sort of generally what happens in that situation. What would your even better if be, Helen? Mine would be seniority specifically. So, you know, intimidating it, but mine is more specifically about sort of senior people. And I think, oh, uh, maybe I should just go along with what they want in that situation. I can see that in like kind of corporate life when I've been in those situations. But I think also sometimes I become less assertive when I'm bit bored like that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah because then I just kind of go so I'll oh. notice that and just be like oh, that's feedback she's obviously a bit bored <laughs> but like so let's say I'm in a meeting and I might start off with quite a lot of energy and then if I feel like a conversation's going round and round in circles I think I can sometimes fall a bit into fixed mindset and go oh my gosh we've been here before and then I kind of go I can't be bothered to be assertive because I think it does take energy to be assertive like yeah. to kind of have that clarity about what's important to you and then communicate it with confidence that takes 
takes energy. Being passive is a lot easier. And so I think if I am in a situation that has taken quite a lot of my energy away, then I think I can become a bit passive and like, fine, we'll just do it your way. Anything, anything to end this moment, I think. I Actually, get. do you know what? I can really recognise that now you've <laughs> described it. I'm like, yeah, she does do that when she's clearly sort of had enough of it. And you're like, I've, you're sort of lost interest. And you're like, yeah, because you love doing and you like things with pace and momentum and speed. I think sometimes you're like, that's it. I'm out. <laughs> anything to get this done, please. <laughs> that's how you can beat me into submission. Just bore me. Just keep going. Just keep keep on talking. And I was thinking, actually, I think when I am nervous, I think I was trying to think, do I ever get aggressive? And as somebody who's introverted and often gets quieter under pressure, it's, it's interesting to think about, do you ever go into aggression behavior? I think I can sometimes be aggressive, not as frequently as passive. I'd be more likely to go into passive. But if I am nervous... I think my sometimes my assertiveness actually can be borderline aggressive because that's my my nerves sort of almost taking over. And I can think of examples of where we've done things together where I'm so nervous and perhaps because I really care, I think something's really important. Maybe not aggressive, but I perhaps dominate a conversation, which is perhaps surprising for someone who is an introvert. But I think that's my coping mechanism. And I know that like we've talked about this before. We go, sometimes I think you just sort of watch me going, She's clearly tense and obviously quite nervous. And it maybe wouldn't necessarily be seen as aggressive, but certainly dominating and probably not the right side of assertiveness, I think. Aggressive is quite a funny word, isn't it? Yeah, it feels quite uncomfortable to say, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? And and I, because I kind of go, am I aggressive? I don't think I am aggressive. However, do I see your dominance in certain situations? Yes. And have we had really useful conversations about that since? Yes. And if I think about, are there times when I'm okay, but other people aren't okay? So I think that there's definitely, I wouldn't Mm. say I'm being aggressive, but I can see situations where I'm like, I just want to get it done. And I can almost, that that saying isn't there, like, you know, you ride over other people. They're like, I can almost see where I'm like, I'm so determined to get it done because I'm okay about this that I almost dismiss. I don't take the time to understand other people's perspectives. And I think that is, that to me is a form of this, I'm okay, you're not okay, which is arguably in the area of aggression. But I'm not shouting, I'm not being nasty, but it's not balanced. Yeah, which is where sometimes those words and those labels can actually be unhelpful. Because actually you describing the, well, when are the times where you might be okay, but other people are not okay, has given you more useful insights there than just going, but aggression, probably because what we automatically default aggression equals shouting and, you know, that kind of behaviour. So I think that's a really helpful question to just ask yourself and to keep noticing. And can you think of some examples or perhaps an example of where being assertive has helped you in your squiggly career just to really bring this to life for everybody? Yes, I do. I can think of some. Well, I think actually quite regularly, you and me have trust between us. I think we're quite assertive with each other because we have this clarity. (laughs) I do, I do. You're like, I disagree. You're very aggressive. Uh, But I think because we have a clarity of the work that we are doing is about making careers better for everybody. I think that we are able to kind of give each other feedback or defend a point of view because it's connected to that. So for example, like a podcast topic, you and me can quite quickly say, I don't think that's the right thing for us Mm. to do this week or I think we need to discuss that further. That's quite an assertive statement to make, particularly when it's over WhatsApp. But it's because it's in service of 
us being okay because we are connected to this thing of making careers better for everyone it's, it's part of that so I think we practice it quite regularly but I also think that I have been quite assertive about my career choices so there have been times in my career I particularly remember in Virgin when I was thinking about leaving Virgin and there was you know quite a lot of talk about me staying and other people sort of creating roles for me to stay in and, and various different things. And I think in those conversations, I could have been a bit passive. I could have been like, okay, that does sound good. I'll give it, I'll give it a go. <laughs> that sort of passive thing. But that probably would have been better for them than it was for me. But I think I was really clear about what I wanted, which was I knew what they wanted and I knew what I needed, which is I wanted to manage a bigger team than I could have done in that role. That was what was okay for me because I wanted to become a better manager and part of me being a better manager meant managing a bigger team and there wasn't something they could give me that could help that and I think I was I was quite assertive about that point and I took time to listen to what they wanted and why they wanted and I completely understood it but I also held on to what was important to me because I had the clarity because I had the confidence and I made better decisions because of that so I, I can see those career decisions where my assertiveness has really helped me to you know personalize my squiggly career what about you? I think my examples, I can think of some sort of bigger examples of you've described sort of across my career, but I was trying to think about some more day-to-day examples of the work that we do and where I haven't been as assertive as I would like to and where I've tried to actively make that change. So I've got one that really stood out where it must have been about six or nine months ago, I was going to be on holiday and I was a bit passive when someone really wanted to talk to me while I was on holiday and they they knew I was on holiday but sort of weren't taking no for an answer is this me no 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 (laughs) (laughs) No. is this me (laughs) and this person had ginger (laughs) (laughs) so somebody was sort of really adamant almost borderline aggressive that they wanted to do this meeting while I was on holiday and I sort of got I think because they'd gone a bit aggressive and I think they were completely okay, I got very passive and sort of said, you know, the saying yes when you want to say no. Yeah. And so I did say yes when I want to say no, which I don't do very often, but I think I felt steamrolled like into it, almost like I got no option or choice. And then I remember, and it was really difficult and quite stressful. It caused me a lot of stress to do it. And then interestingly, my reflection on that was that was nowhere near an urgent thing to do like no, nowhere near in hindsight even further away from being urgent than lots of other things that I could have done and I think that recognition in that moment made me remember actually when I was on holiday last week to say no to things while I was on holiday and it's really easy to work on holiday you know because you've probably got your tech with you I haven't got as much tech with me last week actually which made it harder to work which was a good thing but I very consciously said no to a couple of things right at the last minute where I would have had to do it on holiday because I I remember that feeling of thinking, don't be passive. You want to protect your boundaries. It's really useful to have a break. It is okay to say no to things while you're on holiday, which sounds like um something that should be simple, but I think there are times where it can feel hard to be assertive in that moment. And so that was one for me. And then one where I was more proactively assertive, where I was proud of myself, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I could talk about it on the podcast, is that we were running um, a programme for one of our partners and I had spotted that I thought we should do some things differently quite quickly, like in the moment, almost mid-programme. And to your point about sometimes it's easier to not be assertive, 
it wasn't like there was big problems or things that I needed to fix. I could have easily done nothing. To do nothing would have been easy and that would have been fine, which would have been passive. But I was assertive in recommending that we made those changes, making them happen. And I know that if I hadn't been assertive, nothing would have changed. I sort of felt proud of myself there for doing that because, you know, like you just think, oh, well, is it a bit of a nice to do? But I knew it would make the programme better. I got loads of other things to do and lots of other priorities. But I felt like I sort of, yeah, that proactive assertiveness I felt was both good for me because I believed in it. Back to that definition of it's stand up for what you believe. I believe in wanting to make our programmes better. Mm. And I... I wanted to hear what the people we were working with thought as well. So I didn't sort of go, we are doing this and we are doing this my way or or no way. But I was assertive about recommending what I thought was the right thing to do and then respecting listening to the company that we were working with to say, oh, what do you think? And have you got a point of view or perspective? And then really quickly, we got to a conclusion that we'll be better. So I thought, okay, that's a good example of just spotting opportunities to do this in a proactive way because I think often we think about those difficult moments where we want to be assertive because things are hard or it's a difficult conversation whereas that was much more of a positive thing that where I was sort of taking initiative and using my assertiveness for sort of positive impact I guess. The interesting thing for me as well is the feeling of pride that it creates because you you Mm. know you said oh a moment I'm proud of and I actually do think that when you are intentionally assertive and you find that balance it is a moment for you to feel proud you're like I did it I did it and it's better because I did it yeah it's true actually (laughs) all of my other examples which I'm not going to talk about because I actually did list quite a few examples when I was like writing down some thoughts for today when I was listing them all the examples of where I have been assertive in my career that I could think about more generally and then more specifically over the past few months I did feel really good Hmm. about all of those moments because even if they hadn't even if you hadn't got to the outcome that you were hoping for they didn't quite work out in the way that you'd imagined I still think you feel good about the thing that you can control is how you choose to behave Mm. and so you chose to behave in an assertive way to stand up for what you believed in and sort of with that calmness and that clarity and I think that always feels good which is useful to remember when it's feeling hard to do like so next time you get bored Helen in a meeting and you become passive think about how proud you'll be if you stay assertive (laughs) that's what I'm going to say to you you know that's what I'm going to say can't wait for you to coach myself in the moment ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So what we've got for you now are three coach yourself questions uh, so that you can understand and assess your assertiveness. And then we've got three ideas for action to increase your assertiveness. So I'll do the three questions first and then we'll get into that first idea for action. So coach yourself questions. One, how frequently do you say yes when you'd like to say no? Number two. When do you find it hard to protect your boundaries? And number three, what stops you from speaking up and sharing what you think? If you can take just a bit of time to reflect on those coach yourself questions, you'll get to some really interesting insights about when you are or aren't assertive now and why that might be so are that what are some of the issues that you might need to overcome and the ideas for action that might be most relevant for you to take first so our first idea for action is about communicating in an assertive way because often I do think sort of communication and assertiveness go hand in hand and we're talking about those two things when we're thinking about well what does it look like what would we be observing and noticing if someone was increasing their assertiveness and I found this 3c model which actually I think was being used by nurses in the NHS that I thought was interesting and they described this 3c model to help you just to think about what you're trying to achieve and then we'll talk specifically about how you do this but these three c's are clear so is the message clear and easy to understand confident Do you feel confident that you can handle a situation? So that feeling of confidence and controlled, which is communicating in that calm way that we talked about with the definition. So clear, confidence, controlled. And it might just be worth thinking about which one of those do you naturally do well? Maybe which do you find hardest and therefore what might you need to do or what might you do differently? And the thing that we really want to think about here is how do we avoid words that cloud clarity, make excuses, and how do we instead increase the amount of I-ness, which I appreciate is not a real word, but how do we how do we increase the amount of I-ness in what we are saying? So to bring this to life, we've done some from and to statements, which is sort of um, hopefully broadly realistic. We've sort of taken it quite far to really make the point, but hopefully this will just help to bring to life what we're talking about here. So for example, you might say something like, do you think we should perhaps revisit option B as part of this project as it might be useful? So just some of the things there is like, do you think? It's like it's like asking someone else rather than really owning something. We should, and then perhaps like in between words, words that cloud clarity, it might be useful. So lots of lack of definitive sort of statements there. So instead, what you could try is something that would sound a bit more like, I'd recommend we revisit option B at this point, as I believe it will give us some useful information. So there you've got the I, I'd recommend, you're sort of going, I believe that. 
we revisit option B as kind of the action. And you're saying again, I believe it will give us some useful information. So you're sort of standing behind the recommendation, the idea, the action that you're trying to talk about. And so another example for you would be this one. So sorry for the potentially stupid question, but I just wondered if we might maybe need to get James involved in this project. So we're starting with an apology. We're sort of undermining ourselves. Oh, I'm being potentially stupid. Might maybe clouding our clarity there and the sort of ending with this sort of question. What do you think? Instead, taking some of the principles that Sarah talked about, it would be much more clear to say, I'm going to ask James to get involved in the project at this point. Is there anyone else we can also ask for their perspective? What I like about that one is it's my kind of opinion. I'm going to ask James to get involved and it's clear, but it's also quite open. Is there anyone else Mm. we can ask for the perspective? So it's not just going, I'm going to do it because I think it's right. It's got that sort of balance within it as well. And then the last one, we tried to write one that we felt was more passive aggressive (laughs) because we thought we all probably see that in ourselves sometimes when we see it in other people. A passive aggressive sort of statement might sound like, I'm not 100% sure about this, but I'm happy to go along with your idea. So you've sort of gone, I don't agree, but I'm just going to go with it. It's classic passive aggressive behaviour. And I do think we probably have all done this at some point, probably when you are losing the motivation, as Helen talked about in a meeting where you're like, oh, okay, fine. You know, I, I can almost like feel those moments where you just think, I probably have got a different point of view, but do you have the energy, as Helen described, to be assertive? Or you might kind of go, I'm not, look, I'm not 100% sure about it, but if you want to take it forward, then that's okay. Because you've sort of gone... <laughs> I feel like you say that to me quite a lot. <laughs> I think you say it to me! <laughs> but I think it's like, well, if you, if you believe in it, then fine. But it's almost like, but I don't, and I'm letting you know that it's on, it's on you. It's the implied... Uh, yeah Uh, it's (laughs) quite fun it's quite fun though isn't it I think to be a little bit passive aggressive sometimes um but instead perhaps if we're going to be more grown up and a bit more adult to adult and I'm okay and you're okay it would sound are we okay who knows (laughs) 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 it would sound a bit more like I've got some concerns about the idea I'd appreciate the opportunity to talk it through further before we make progress so you're clearly stating I've got some concerns about the idea and you're saying, I just, I'd like to talk it through a bit more before we keep going. And so you have had that confidence and that calmness to say what you think and to also say, you know, you don't feel comfortable about, you know, just going along with it for the sake of it. And you're not going to go off and have that corridor conversation or undermine the idea afterwards or get frustrated afterwards. So it's, it's hard, I think, to be assertive all of the time. And one of the things that I did read that I found really helpful was this idea of adaptive assertiveness. So that noticing there will be different levels of assertiveness that you need in different meetings, different projects, different work that you do. So it's not like we have to try and imagine trying to do this before every meeting and really thinking about by the time I thought about the sentence I was meant to say, the meeting would have finished. But I I do think you can probably pinpoint certain situations where you think, okay, I'm going to sort of need to dial up my assertiveness in this moment, or I've got a choice about how assertive I'm going to be. And these kind of statements in terms of getting rid of the in-between words, the excuses, increasing the I-ness will just help you to communicate with more assertiveness as and when you feel like you need to. And perhaps this being adaptively assertive is also part of the second idea for action, which is about using if then as a technique to improve your assertiveness. So 
if, for example, you see yourself getting aggressive. And remember, let's maybe reframe that work. So this is a situation where you're okay, but maybe as you're not kind of helping someone else to be okay in that situation as well. So if that's you, if you can see that in the ways that sometimes you work and sometimes that you might come across as aggressive to other people, then a really good reaction to that would be to slow down your approach rather than speeding up a conversation. And I see this in myself. I'd be like, let's just get it done. I know how to do this. I can move it forward fast. My natural approach would be to speed it up. But actually, the better thing to do might be to slow it down. And one really good way to do that is to ask a question to find out more. If you can prioritise your curiosity over giving someone the answers and moving it forward fast, then you can often slow down a discussion and you can hear somebody else's perspective. So I might say to Sarah, for example, I do believe this is something important for us to do, but I'd like to understand more about your concerns with this. And just asking that situation has suddenly slowed it down. And I've also brought Sarah back in. And it's a much more, I've got more balance. I'm behaving much more assertively rather than aggressively. If you find yourself getting passive, so maybe this is, as Helen described earlier, with senior people, or as I talked about with people who you find intimidating in some way, then a really useful thing to do is to write down before a meeting or just have somewhere handy that you can keep referring back to three key points which summarise what your opinions are. Like, what do you think and what are you trying to stand for? What do you want to communicate? So that when you're under pressure, you've got a handy useful reminder I often feel really clear and calm you know if you're maybe if you're even rehearsing or if you've been saying those things out loud yeah when you're when you're by yourself I'm like this is perfect I feel really assertive and then you know when you get in the meeting and it feels like everything goes out the window because somebody asks a question you'd not anticipated or perhaps you just like you say you find them intimidating and then you I would just remember and I have been in quite a lot of meetings where I think this where I'm like what what do I think again I thought I was really clear and now I feel a bit stuck or in my head I've gone around in circles. This is where I would definitely get quieter. And I, I sort of stop speaking because I'm I'm quite easily, I think I'm quite easily influenced some of the time. And then afterwards, you know, you feel really frustrated because you're like, oh, but I didn't, I think something different and I didn't say it because I sort of missed the moment. And there's nothing more frustrating than sort of missing the moment. And that's where I feel like you can lack the assertiveness that you need and you've not communicated in the way that you'd feel proud about. And so just making sure I think you've bullet pointed or summarised whatever is useful for you, like write them down, say them out loud, so that if you do find yourself losing your way, you've got a chance, I think, of coming back into the conversation of continuing to be assertive and not just sort of going with the flow for the sake of it. I totally get what you mean. Like, I, I've definitely been in situations where what someone's saying sounds so good yeah. because they're so clear and they're so <laughs> confident. And you're like, yes, maybe that is what I think. And then you're like, you come away from it and you go, no, actually, I've reflected now and it isn't. And That's it not what I think. Wrong. That isn't what I think. You were just really, really good at selling your message. That's what you were really yeah. good at. 
So the third one is all about if you can see that passive aggressive behavior in the way that you might be responding to a person or a situation. Maybe it's because you're like me and you're getting bored or maybe it's because you don't disagree, but you don't really want the conflict in that moment. What we need you to do is to that's (laughs) that's probably the difference between us. Sarah's like, I do not want to have it out with you today. And I'm a bit like, I just want this to go away. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that that sort of rhymes. That is your poetry for the day. But that is exactly our personalities to a T. It is definitely. So if you see that in yourself also, what we need to do is find the motivation to do something different because it, you know, Sarah doesn't want to do conflict and I do want this situation to end more quickly. And if you can attach yourself to some kind of motivation to do something differently, it will make it easier to have a different approach and response to that situation. So for example, the things that motivate me in a situation is if I sort of take a step back, if I zoom out from this is a boring meeting or this conversation's gone on for way too long, if I zoom out of that and think, but what is the bigger thing that I'm trying to achieve? I'm always trying to increase impact. I'm always trying to make our work go further. And if I can stay engaged in a situation, you know, keep being curious because I can think, but your reason to engage Helen, your reason to get curious is because you're trying to increase the impact of your work, then that helps me to, you know, ask that open question to get someone else's perspective to not just try and go, yeah, fine, let's just move on and get it done. So like find the bigger meaning behind the moment that you're in and then it will help you to stay engaged and you know not fall into that kind of passive, I'll go along with it, but but outside of the conversation, you're probably moaning about it to somebody else. Yeah, I wonder if there is a bit of a link here to values, because when I thought about this question, the only way really that I can stay engaged in moments of conflict and to be assertive in moments of conflict is I attach those moments to learning. And that's because learning is one of my values. And so I think, oh, but I am I am really motivated to learn and to improve. I always want to grow and get better. I sort of got an insatiable need I think to always want to be better than the day before or the year before and so my response has been in moments of conflict ask curious questions so the very practical thing I do is ask curious questions but I think I could have had that practical idea and not done anything about it if I hadn't attached it to a value that I have so now I really I I don't want to say look forward to moments of conflict because I don't think that will ever, I don't think will ever be true. But my relationship with conflict is so dramatically different in that previously I would have been so passive in those conversations, found it so difficult to have any level of assertiveness where people were disagreeing with each other because I found it so difficult. I now just spot those moments of thinking, oh, I can practice. I think I just see it as like practicing something that I know I find hard and I'm not that good at. And I just think, oh, and the way to practice that is I never try to win the debate because that's never going to be me, but I can ask some really good questions. And I always remind myself that if people disagree with me, it doesn't mean they don't like me. (laughs) And I sort of have that little statement, I think sort of pinging around my brain at the same time. And so I think anything you can do to figure out what's your motivation to behave differently, whether actually that's about being aggressive, passive or passive aggressive, you've got to want to do this because it's like like we've described today, I think it's always way easier not to. So like, why should you bother? What's the so what for you? Is it going to help you to achieve your objectives? Is it going to help you to have more influence and impact as Helen described? Is it going to help you to learn more? What's the thing that would be most likely to make you do something different? 
I also think about my identity. Like when I actually think about being passive aggressive, that isn't how I want to be perceived. No, that's true. I, yeah, like yeah. I think it's not. That's I might do it by default sometimes in a situation. But if I actually thought about that, my default becoming my identity, I think well, that's not what I want people to see when they work with yeah. me. So that that was also potentially a bit of a motivation. Well, you lose that. Me. You lose that pride that yes, we talked about. Yes, I guess, don't yeah, you? Yeah, it's true. So the final idea for action, idea for action three, is really about this proactive assertiveness that we have talked about that I mentioned earlier, because in some ways, the if then is much more about reacting, how you react in a situation, whereas this is about thinking, well, how can I just generally be more assertive? And I really like this idea. Helen and I talked about this. We've actually done, we've sort of done a pre-podcast for this podcast because we sort of got, got, got quite into the prep for this and then ran out of time. So this is sort of our second go at recording it. And we're calling this idea for action, preparing and sharing your points of view. So one of the things I think that helps you to be assertive is to know what you think about areas of opportunity or obstacles that exist in your industry, in your team, in your organisation, like having a point of view. And I was describing to Helen that I think probably for quite a significant chunk of my career, I sort of don't think I felt like I had a point of view on things. I almost don't feel like I had the permission to have a point of view. I think I was quite passive in terms of going, well, I'll do what I'm told to do versus actually going, well, what do you think about this trend or this theme or this obstacle? What's your perspective? And I think it took me a a while to almost have that critical thinking and that initiative to go, like genuinely, what do I think? What is my point of view and what's my perspective? And spot some of those difficult questions that you don't know how to answer. I think there are really areas of opportunity, obstacles and difficult questions are really good territories to start with to figure out, well, which are the areas that I need to have a point of view on? Like what are the interesting themes that I should spend some time thinking about? And so to bring that to life with a couple of examples, I think the easiest one for us is squiggly careers, because that's what we spend so much of our time you know, thinking about and talking about. But we have developed a very strong perspective about what we think careers should look like and the support that people need to succeed in those careers. And so we have a point of view about that development should be democratised, for example, and that the ladder holds more people back than it helps to move forward. And because we have that perspective, we can communicate it quite assertively. It doesn't mean that we don't listen to other people about their perspective, but we've got that clarity. Now, obviously, that's our current world of work. But for example, let's imagine you work in marketing. In terms of areas of opportunity or areas for development in your field at the moment, it might be all about the metaverse whatever it means somebody can email us and let us know but actually you should probably know you should probably have a perspective on it that's a big area of growth definitely an area of noise at the moment in marketing so you know is that something that you think is helpful noise do you think it's a distraction from the actual day job of marketing like what is your perspective if you work in corporate social responsibility for example thinking about b corps could be really interesting is that the future of corporate social responsibility should all organizations adopt some of the principles of b corps or actually is that just specific to some types of businesses spending a bit of time exploring the issues around your area of work and thinking about but what is my perspective on this can help you to be much more proactively assertive when you're talking to other people And I had a brilliant example of this in a workshop a couple of weeks ago. I was doing a workshop on growth mindset. 
and separately two people asked me the same question which I found really interesting so it's not like they'd they'd not overheard it and they were talking to me about the dangers of growth for growth's sake so essentially sort of relentless growth without really thinking about is growth always good for us so it was sort of challenging like the nature of growth and I found that a really brilliant I was like that's a really brilliant observation they were listening to what I'd got to say and what they had done is sort of in that moment they had formed a point of view and a perspective but when they both actually separately shared it with me they were so interested in what I'd got to say so for me it was less about me it was more I just saw two examples that day of two people being assertive in sharing what they had thought about what they'd heard from me, but then being very open to, oh, and what what did I think? And they were also both really interestingly open to changing their mind. They wanted to hear my perspective. And I just thought that was a perfect example of assertive communication. I didn't feel like they were being aggressively challenging me and they weren't being passive in terms of saying nothing and not contributing. They were both you know, doing that critical thinking that I described, I think I missed for at least the first part of my career, and then doing something about it sort of in that moment so that we had a really meaningful conversation. So just to summarise those three ideas for action then. So the first one was all about adapting how you're communicating so that you can do it in an assertive way, those from and to approaches that we talk through. The second idea for action was all about reacting. So potentially if you're being aggressive, what could you do differently? If you see yourself being passive, how could you become more assertive? And the third idea for action was all about being proactive. So preparing and sharing your points of view. And what we'll do is we'll summarize those three ideas for action on the pod sheet. So hopefully you've been listening and thinking, you've been maybe going, oh, that's me. That's me. I know I'm doing that. And then if you want to kind of neatly get those ideas for action so you can go do something different, it'll all be in the pod sheet for you. And we'd always love to hear your ideas. So if you've spotted other things that you think are really helpful to increase assertiveness, please do share those. Please get in touch with them. And also, if you've got other topics that you'd like us to cover, we always want to hear those too. And if you do have one minute to rate, review, subscribe, share the podcast, it's a really easy way that you can support us and the work that we're doing with Squiggly Careers. We know it will never be top of your to-do list and we completely understand that. (laughs) But if you can find five minutes to do us what we describe a five-minute favour, it gives us that lovely moment in a week where we read every single review and it helps us to know where we're being useful and what we're doing is useful. But also it does help us to kind of spread the squiggly word. So we do really appreciate it if you get a chance to do that. So thank you so much for listening today and we'll be back with you very soon. Thanks everyone. Speak to you again soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 